Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. I ran an awesome masterclass this morning, which was called Supported to Scale. And I wanted to jump on here and record this session for you and talk about one of the really important, the critical elements that I covered in that masterclass. And that was the reason that hiring goes wrong for most people and what you need to do instead so that you're only hiring rock stars. I wanted to dive in here, share this because it was super important. And in case you haven't seen that masterclass, in case you weren't on the list, I wanted to just make sure that you, my amazing podcast listeners, are getting that information as well. So I'm going to share with you the three big reasons based on my experience that people's hiring goes wrong. And the first one that we're going to dive into is going into a hire, thinking of the hiring process as an external situation, as opposed to an internal situation. Now, I want you to imagine I'm sitting here at my desk and there's a window in front of me. So when I talk about an external situation, I want you to imagine me peering outside of the window thinking, where's my person? Where's that unicorn? So thinking of it as being an external problem that I need to find and solve versus thinking of it as an internal situation, an internal challenge that you need to explore and solve. So instead of thinking, where is this person? Where is my unicorn? You need to think, who do I need to be and what do I need to do to attract my ideal person? So again, I want you to imagine me sitting here in my office. I've got my window in front of me. So rather than thinking, where's that person and looking up and down the street, where's that amazing unicorn thinking, hmm, what do I need to do? And how do I get the amazing person to come and knock at my door and introduce themselves to me? So who you need to be is a CEO, a powerful CEO, and that's somebody who has a solid objective hiring process that he or she follows every single time, which not only attracts and screens for the right person, but in doing so protects the integrity of your existing team and your existing business by not throwing wrong people into the mix and disrupting your team, your business, and your clients. Because you may not actually realize that hiring in a cross your fingers, haphazard, let's see how it goes, and essentially a non-strategic way absolutely affects you when it goes wrong. Lots of stress, lots of headaches, lots of awkward conversations that you definitely don't want to have. So yes, huge effect on you. But often what my experience says that people don't realize is that it also affects your clients. It affects your existing team. And ultimately, it has a massive effect on your business. And my experience has proven to me that when 
people cross their fingers and take that leap and be like, oh, just see how this person goes. And they just, you know, plug someone into their business, hoping for the best that they don't necessarily realize or have thought through the potential impact it can have. Because I want you to think about and ask yourself, well, who do rock stars want to work for? Do rock stars want to stay on teams where there's lots of poor performers or people who aren't quite right for the role being thrown in every now and then? No. Rock star team members are attracted to leaders with vision who set goals and who act and react in a strategic way. They're attracted to structure and they're ultimately attracted to the vision and the personality and the presence of the leader of the business. And that's you. Now, notice I'm not saying you need to be a perfect leader. No way. But you do need to be a leader who is being structured, acted in a considered calm way, and being as strategic as you can as much as possible. And sure, Rockstar team members will put up with mistakes and mess, of course, and confusion and grey and pivoting and all those things, which is totally normal in entrepreneurial business, but they'll only put up with it for so long. And I guess if you think of people who love that sort of mess and chaos and confusion and, you know, the people who love to come in and clean that up, you actually don't want to hire those sort of people because if they love chaos, if they love that cleaning up phase, then that cleaning up chaos actually conflicts with your ultimate dream of a spacious, organized and calm environment. So it makes sense then that the biggest and the first mistake that I see people making is looking at their hiring process, looking at their hiring journey that they're about to embark on externally. So looking out the window and thinking, where are all the great people hiding? Where are those unicorns? As opposed to who do I need to be to attract the right sort of person to my business? And what steps do I need to take to call those people in? Now, I just want to take a moment to clarify. I'm not in any way, shape or form saying you need to change your personality or try and be somebody that you aren't. This is not about suddenly being a totally different personality type or a different type of leader to the person that is authentically you inside. I'm definitely not saying that. What I am saying is that it's about owning the role that you have, and that is the role of the CEO whose job it is to resource the business with what it needs to achieve its goals. So the role of the CEO is also to view the business as a separate entity to itself. So, you know, it's really normal and common that many of my clients and many of us as entrepreneurs view their business as an extension of themselves. You know, we're one and the same. It's our identity. And therefore, when they move through a hiring process, they even use language such as, I need to hire somebody to help me. So when we start to think of it as a separate entity, I'm the CEO and I have a business. It's a separate entity to me. My job as the CEO of this business is to support the business to achieve its goals. And I do that by giving it the resources it needs. And that is the people and the systems and the tools to make those goals a reality. So you're not hiring people in to help you in inverted commas or to be helpers. You're hiring in people to support the business to achieve its goals. And you get to choose people who complement you as a CEO and whose style support you to be the best CEO that you can be. 
I hope that you're starting to hear the tiny difference through that language. You are not your business, you're the CEO. The business is its own entity. Your role as a CEO is to support the business to achieve its goals by resourcing the business with the people and the systems and the things that it needs. And when we start to separate our thoughts like that and our identity from the business, we're instantly already starting to depersonalize the hiring process. We're reducing the emotion that comes with going, oh, I just really need someone to come in and help me. And I'm hoping they're going to be helpful. And if they're not helpful, I'm going to be hugely disappointed and take that personally because it's all about, you know, me because I'm the business. So I'm hoping that you can hear through my subtle language, the art of that separation. So separating your ego, separating the business, separating the emotion. And then it becomes a function and a process to attract the right people to want to join and work in the business and work for and with you to achieve the business goals. So that was the biggest reason that I see hiring going wrong. The second biggest mistake and the biggest reason that I see hiring going wrong is making emotional hiring decisions. So this might look like hiring a friend into your business or hiring somebody that works for a business friend because they work for them and they said that they're good. Or it might be making a decision about who you want to hire in the first few minutes of your interview with them and like feeling like you click with them and almost stopping your assessment and just jumping the gun and thinking, yep, 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 they're great. I'll hire them after only a few minutes without a proper assessment. Or it might be just hiring somebody who looks great on paper without doing an assessment at all. Or it might be hiring the one and only person that's applied for your role. So these are all examples of emotional based decisions. And I totally get it. In fact, I've done it myself multiple times, even though I'm a professional recruiter. So that goes to show how easy it is for the average entrepreneur who doesn't have my professional recruitment career to actually make these mistakes. So I really want you to listen in. Emotional hiring decisions are so easy to make and are so significant when it comes to unpacking when a hire hasn't worked out. Often it's been an emotionally led decision without the objectivity that it needed. So let me share with you a story. I was reasonably early to online business and I hired the assistant of a business coach that I was working with. I really admired that coach. She told us all that this person was great. The particular assistant was looking for new clients. And so I just jumped in. I thought that by the fact that she had supported that other person to be successful, that would mean that she would therefore support me to be successful. I thought that because the other person said she was great, that would mean that she was great for me. And I skipped way over all the parts about how she liked to work, how much capacity she had, the specifics of what she did and didn't like doing, and certainly jumped over the, this is what I need to feel supported and to be able to focus in my zone of genius part. So she was definitely okay, but she was not for the long term. It didn't last. It didn't work out. She had different priorities. She had different preferences and absolutely an amazing human but not the right person for me in the long term. The black and white reality of it is that whilst she was okay, whilst we worked together for a little while, ultimately I was back to square one. So I'm sharing that story to totally normalize how often it happens and how easily it happens. And 
you get to make a choice. You can either learn through your own hiring mistakes as you bolt someone on one person at a time, cross your fingers, hope it works out, and as you grow your team. So you can definitely learn that way through trial and error. Or you can learn how to head off those mistakes and almost clean those mistakes up in advance of them happening and avoid them altogether. And I'm guessing that because you're listening here to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast, you're looking for the latter. You're looking to avoid the mistakes. So let's dive in now at why we make these emotional hiring decisions. So let's talk, first of all, about hiring a friend. You do that because it feels safe. And it feels safe because the person that you're looking at knows you. And therefore, you make an assumption that they will naturally want to work with you in a way that feels good. And the reason that this so often goes wrong is that your personal relationship and your business relationship, the way the person likes to work in a work context, can possibly and probably be entirely different because we all know that people are very different in and outside of work situations. So one of the important things when you're looking to scale in a supported way is to screen for the way that somebody naturally likes to work and to check in if that feels good to you. So it's one of the big things that gets skipped over when we're hiring a friend or we're hiring the team member who already works with somebody else. We jump straight into the emotional attachment of the promise and the hope of what they can do for us. We make lots of assumptions about the details because we assume, oh, they're going to know what I want. They know me really well. They'll know what we'll, you know I do and don't like, etc. And often, because we're in a situation where we think, well, I really need someone to help me, this person knows me, it feels safe, and we dive in. It's really, really common, and I'm sure that you've heard lots of horror stories, as have I, about when hiring friends doesn't work out and often results in not having that friend anymore. So let's look at the second example I gave you, which is hiring somebody that has worked for a business friend or, you know, your coach or a referral that you receive and someone says, this person's great and you hire them. So the reason that happens is because it feels more safe because you place your confidence in their opinion. And it's almost like, If you don't have confidence in your ability to find somebody and to screen them, you outsource that confidence by putting that confidence in someone else's person. And I guess, you know, you make loads of assumptions again along the way thinking, well, I'll get the same experience that they're getting. I'll get the same outcomes that they're getting. But the reality is, is that everyone's different. Everyone likes to work in a certain way. Everybody likes to communicate in a certain way. And even when it feels similar, there is always lots of differences. The art and the way to avoid this is to know and how to identify within yourself what your style is, what your preferences are, you know, what you truly need, and then go out and attract that person, screen and test them in the interview, and look for a really clear objective match. So the last example of an emotional decision that I want to talk about really briefly is when you hire somebody who doesn't meet all your criteria. So that might be you've made a decision after a couple of minutes, the person looks good on paper and you didn't do a proper assessment, or you've hired the one and only applicant who's applied and they potentially don't meet all your criteria. This happens because in that moment of time when you're making that decision, you ultimately don't believe that someone better exists, that somebody better is out there wanting to work for you. 
And while it's definitely okay to hire somebody who doesn't meet all your criteria, you need to do that with your eyes open, thinking also about, well, since there's a gap, how are we going to handle that gap? Who's going to teach the person that the, that the person doesn't know how to do, etc.? Once you're clear on your must-have and your nice-to-have criteria, it really reduces the likelihood of an emotional hiring decision without your eyes being really wide and open. So the first two situations that I talked about, hiring a friend or hiring somebody that works for a friend, these are about passing the decision to somebody else, really, making assumptions along the way and putting confidence in someone else's opinion and letting that override your ability to make your own decision for yourself. And in fact, the right thing to do is to look within, to tap back within, look at yourself, look at your confidence and take back your responsibility for your business as the CEO. And the last one, hiring somebody who doesn't meet your criteria, it's about the doubt that you have and the story that you've got in your head that whether the right person is actually available to you and wants to work with you. And that's a really big thing. If you've got any of those stories in your head, my business is too small, who would want to work for me? I can't pay enough. I can't offer enough of the benefits. If you've got any of these stories sitting around in your head, firstly, they're totally normal, but most importantly, you need to clean them up and you need to believe that an amazing person is out there ready and wanting to work with you. They're there and it's 100% possible. The third mistake that I want to share with you today is hiring from a place of uncertainty. So this is definitely a big reason why hiring goes wrong. When you hire from a place of uncertainty. So if you're not certain on who you need, on what you need the person to do, and if you're uncertain if the decision you're making is the right one for you and the business, then ultimately you're setting yourself up for a struggle. So hiring without clarity is so, so hard. And I want to say it's almost impossible to hire the right person without getting that clarity and creating a really specific picture and writing it down, what you want the person to do, how you want them to do it, what success looks like. I want you to think of it like almost having no idea of what you're looking for in a life partner and, you know, running around, trying to work it out as you go, versus being really, really clear on what the person needs to look like, you know, what they need to have achieved, what they do or don't want, and, you know, really just filtering for that. The earlier one is probably the way we all acted when we were in our teenage years or our early 20s, you know, wasting our time on repeated dates through trial and error, trying to work out, well, what is the right person for us? But when you're clear on what that person looks like, You don't have to play the numbers game, so to speak. You get to, you know, narrow it right down, filter out the wrong people, and it becomes so much clearer who the right person is for you. So without clarity, without having clarity of what the right person is, what you want them to do, how you want them to do it, and have it written down, it's natural then that you would look for external validation or look for external assurances that the decision that you've made is right. And if you have made a hiring decision from this place of uncertainty without clarity, what happens is when the person joins your business, you look for validation and assurance of what they're doing is right. But what you actually do is you look for evidence of mistakes. And we all know that when we're looking for something negative, we will find lots of negative things and then it fills our brain and everything seems negative. 
But when you've made a decision, a confident hiring decision from that place of clarity, from that place of objectivity, then basically you don't freak out when you see a few mistakes being made on the other side because mistakes will happen. No one's ever going to join your business and be perfect. And you want to not get the wobbles, the hiring wobbles when that happens because you want to be able to ground back down and know I made this great decision. I can have a robust, open, transparent conversation with the person about why this went wrong what they need to do differently without freaking out and totally questioning whether I should have hired this person in the first place. So we've obviously talked a lot about clarity and I'm sure unless this is the very first podcast you've listened to, you've heard me talk about the importance of clarity before. It is everything. There are five elements that you need to be clear on before you start hiring. Let's run through them really quickly. And this is if you want to make a great hiring decision and put yourself on the path to hiring well. The five elements that you need to be clear on before you hire is what the role is. And that is what you want the person to do specifically and what you don't want them to do, what their responsibilities are. That's the second one. When can they make decisions? What decisions can they not make, etc.? Like where does their responsibilities start and stop? The third thing is their skills and experience. So what do they need to have done and what do they need to know how to do to be able to succeed and hold those responsibilities and do this role well? The fourth one is the characteristics, the preferences, the behaviours, and I call that the how. So we've talked about what we want them to do, what their role is, what their responsibilities are, but also thinking about and getting really clear on, well, how do I want them to do their job so it feels great for me? And then the fifth part, the fifth piece of clarity that you need is what does success look like? What I want them to do or achieve and how am I going to track it? So if I'm sitting here thinking it's 12 months time and I'm celebrating, what have they done? What am I celebrating? So getting really clear on that. So clear on those five things before you start hiring, the role, the responsibilities, skills and experience, characteristics, how they're going to do it and what success looks like. They're the five. And there's lots of looking in the mirror that's required. There's lots of digging deep, getting things, information up and out of your belly. It's exploring and giving yourself permission to want what you want as a leader and not want things done in a certain way as well. But when you get clear, you stop looking externally for solutions. You won't make emotional hiring decisions and you won't ever hire from that place of uncertainty. Because when you learn how to get this absolute clarity up front before you start your hiring process, you're able to have detailed interview conversations, properly screen them for their skills, for their experiences, and for their preferred way of working. You're able to make confident hiring decisions and you're able to be confident in your new team member when they join. And you get that sense of calm that comes from onboarding someone in a calm, grounded, structured way knowing that you're backing your own decision rather than looking for evidence or assurance of if the decision was right. And they get all the information up front that they needed to have made a really good decision for them about whether to join you. They don't receive any surprises and therefore they won't change their mind in a couple of weeks or a month's time. So I teach this, this concept of clarity and getting really clear is the foundations of hiring well. And I teach this in module one, of hiring mastery. We cover how you can uncover your leadership style and your preferences. And I teach you the art of getting so specific about the role you want to hire and the team you want to create. 
The doors are actually open to Hiring Mastery right now. We kick off the program on the 10th of October and the doors close on the 7th of October. So if you're listening to this right now and you want to learn how to get clear and you want to learn a powerful, robust hiring process that you can use time and time and again, then I invite you to check it out. So go over to paulamaidens.com forward slash hiring hyphen mastery. So I'll share with you a little bit more quickly about Hiring Mastery. So you can start to percolate if it's something that might feel right for you. So it's all about learning a process of getting crystal clear on who you want to hire and you get all the tools and the exact steps to go out and hire them. This is about powerful hiring. It's not you cross your fingers, hope for the best, haphazard, non-strategic hiring. Powerful hiring is strategic, it's grounded, it's calm. It results in confident decisions about each person you choose as you add them in, which allows you to scale in a calm way that feels in flow so that you get to move to your zone of genius, let go of control while ultimately still feeling in control. And I guess building a team and learning how to build a team as you scale multiple six figures through seven figures, multiple seven figures. It's a really big thing that a lot of people skip over. But I guess the reality is, is that if you get your marketing right and all the inquiries start to come in and your reel goes viral and it all gets crazy, if you don't have the foundations of the team or you don't know how to make fast but really solid and confident hiring decisions, then you're not able to react to that marketing success. If your clients start raving about you and telling everybody and suddenly inquiries go through the roof, you can't deal with that if you don't have the people around you. And obviously I'm obsessed with team and it's my mission to change the perception that exists and maybe it's sitting in your head that Hiring people and building a team is tricky and that it has to be hard because it just doesn't. You get to look at it as just another thing you learn, a process that you get to learn, practice, get good at, and then you repeat time and time again. So it's an eight-week program. There are four modules. It's well-paced. They're pre-recorded modules that you get to watch in your own time. We come together for group coaching calls, and there also is a private component to it. So you get some one-on-one -on -one time with me so that we can really start to make sure that you're interpreting and implementing what you're learning in a way that feels amazing to your unique business and your unique you. Lots of support in a Facebook group as well. Not one of those uber busy, crazy Facebook groups, just a lovely small group where you can ask questions if you'd like to. And by the end of the program, you'll have the exact steps and you'll have a streamlined process to hire your next rock star and every single rock star after that. So just like all my private clients, once they learn the process, they just fly away like beautiful birds who are free, knowing exactly how to hire the right people. And they get to just go off and do it time and time again. And that's absolutely what I want for you. If you want to learn the hiring mastery process and learn this signature powerful hiring process, I would absolutely love to have you in.
So go and check it out. It's paulamadens.com forward slash hiring hyphen mastery. Doors close on the 7th of October. And if you're listening to this episode after that date and it sounds like it's of interest, then come on over and jump on the wait list for next time we open. That is it for this week. I hope you have enjoyed hearing this little snippet from the Supported to Scale Masterclass that I ran today. I would love to hear your thoughts as always. And if you feel called to leave a review, that would help me hugely to get this podcast into more ears of more people who need to hear it. So I really appreciate you and everybody who leaves me a review. It means so much. I hope you all have a beautiful week and I will be back in your earbuds next week. 